Hey everyone, this is another Overtime episode preview. This Overtime episode is on a book by Peter Wynn called Weavers of Revolution, The Yarrer Workers and Chile's Road to Socialism. It is a very interesting episode. This is the first one of two. And if you want access to that, go to patreon.com slash workstoppage and give us five bucks a month. It allows us to do the show because we're entirely listener supported. And if you can't afford that, go ahead and hop in the discord and hit up one of the admins and we would be happy to give you access to our overtime episodes. Thank you again and solidarity forever. One of the things, though, that I think is really important about this story and you know, why Peter Wynn chose to center his book around the Urer Mill is that, as we've seen in so many, like when you go back and look at the history of workers' struggles, how one incident like this can really spark a whole wave of further worker actions. Because, like, following the seizure of this mill, workers seized many other factories, that, and they, they did this at a pace that really outstripped what... Allende himself and and the higher ups in in the you know uh, popular unity slate were really planning for uh, it. Honestly, I think less violent, but there are some parallels. I think to uh, kind of the way that collectivization was rolled out in the USSR, where there was a plan to collectivize all the land, but once it started, the peasants just were like yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> fuck these people that have been, like, you know, abusing us and oppressing us for centuries. Like, yes, we agree, we should collectivize the land, and they ran off, like, and did that way faster. I mean, well, show then, me one example of a target being seized, and and suddenly you're gonna see a fucking revolution in every corner of America. Well, I mean, in the USSR, it's especially stark, because you imagine, like, a bunch of peasants who've never been able to, like, really have anything in their lives, and it's like, okay, yeah, now you own your lord's house, and the fields and everything collectively and they're like this rocks do you want to do it again and like yeah. the same thing's got to happen like if you've been you know in in a production facility in chile and you've been working under an incredibly oppressive boss for decades and then it's like oh we can just take this it's like well, right maybe we should start taking all of the factories right and so like uh, earlier in allende's term prior to this this factory seizure there had been some spontaneous seizures of small farms and abandoned factories mm -hmm. by workers, but the Yarur mill was the first to be seized from the owners by the workers directly. It, it was the largest cotton mill in the country, founded by one of Chile's richest oligarchs. And so that seizure and then its nationalization really made this a qualitative advance of the Chilean revolution and brought it something closer to like the Soviets and the establishment of dual power in Russia in the early days of the Bolshevik revolution. Um, and so, like, a big part of why I want to get into this is because the book, Weavers of Revolution, is a really outstanding history because it combines that both that high-level view of how the workers' struggle, like, played out, all the different forces, like, who, like, what the Chilean bourgeoisie was doing, what the, the interactions between the different parties involved, but it combines that with in-depth oral histories from the workers themselves on the ground. It provides those granular details of how workers actually built class consciousness in the workplace, how they united the struggle at their mill with that of workers around the country, and how they seized the opportunity to take power when they'd finally built worker unity. So, like, though we're going to be summarizing the events of the book, I still highly recommend that, that listeners pick it up 
uh, because it contains so many great details. Like I could never cover everything that's in there uh, in just a couple hours on the show. But so that's the core event we're going to be talking about. But there's a ton of history that really leads up to this. So to start with some background for why the Yarur Mill was so important, like that Wynn made it the centerpiece of his book, we got to look at like that its place within Chile's society. So the Yarur family, who you know owned the Yarur Mill, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, had originally made their fortune in Bolivia when their first cotton mill became enormously successful by getting lucrative army contracts to produce uniforms and blankets during the Chaco War between Bolivia and Paraguay. The success of their cotton mill attracted the eyes of the government of Chile, who wanted to develop the country's cotton and textile industries, but there had really not been much in the way of of local industrialization and development in those industries. So partially due to the Great Depression, which had devastated Chile's economy due to the collapse of international trade in metals, which, of course, like when if folks are aware of the, that broader history of the Chilean revolution, they know one of the core features of it was the nationalization of the copper mines because they played such a huge role in the export economy of Chile. And it was, you know, no different at this time, uh, decades earlier, that copper and, and metal mining generally was such a huge important part of their economy but the great depression had suppressed demand for that so it had really hurt their economy so right so so the yaru family had gotten their start as war profiteers yes. and then they became financial disaster profiteers yes wow we've never <laughs> seen this before it's only- <laughs> Yeah, no, even, absolutely. I don't even this, need to tell a, a, a coded joke there. That is literally like, that is capital in a nutshell. Yo no canto por cantar Ni por tener buen amor Canto porque la guitarra tiene sentido y razón. Tiene corazón de tierra y alas de palomita. Es como el agua bendita. Antigua gloria si aquí se encajó mi canto, como dijera Violeta, guitarra trabajadora, con olor a primavera. de rico ni cosa que se parezca mi canto es de los andarios para alcanzar las estrellas que el canto tiene sentido Cuando palpiten las venas del 
luego irá cantando las verdades verdaderas. No las lisonjas pujaces, ni las famas extranjeras, sino el canto de una lonja hasta el fondo de la tierra. Siempre será canción nueva. Siempre será canción nueva. 